This is Inside Marketing, brought to you by Dentsu Aegis Network and Irish Times Media Solutions. Hello and welcome to Inside Marketing. In our special episode this week, um, I have a guest in studio, Kieran O'Kane, who is CEO of Wirecorp. Kieran, welcome. Thanks. Great Thanks to, have to be you. here. Great to have you here. Good Irish man. Uh, like all of us here, you're based in London and um, run a very successful business. We'll we'll touch on that in a minute. Um, I'm a big fan of your podcast, Mad Tech Podcast. I think it's great. And one of the things that you talk about quite a lot is your predictions. You're quite famous for your predictions. Yeah. Um, I've got 10% hit rate. That's, that's amazing. Pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah and 10. some big ones. And I think um, you talk about the, the successes quite a lot and you get slagged for them. So but, <laughs> I stand by the, the failures as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, that, and that's great. And what we want to do in this podcast is because normally we cover a different topic, but this one is just more of an open uh, yeah. podcast. So we want to just talk about what your thoughts are on, you know, the industry, where it's going, predictions type of thing. So given the fact that you're a bit of an expert in predictions and I think you give them, you rate them in steins. We might, you might explain that in a minute. Yeah. I thought we'd start there and just say, what are the big plays you think, the big things you see happening this year for, uh, in the market? Yeah. So the steins thing, I'll start with that. Yeah. Uh, that's a, that's around uh, the Mexico, so it's all about you know because the Germans love a big Stein, right? You yeah, know, those the leader, beer. yeah, yeah. So that's kind of like kind of a I always do kind of prediction piece before the Mexico, but I always do one at the end of the year as well. And I think we are going through some interesting sort of developments in the last uh, sort of 12, 24 months, particularly in digital. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it all started off with you know GDPR, you know the the sort of uh, the privacy legislation that the EU pushed. And mm-hmm. is now part of uh, most most of the uh, country's laws. Um, that kind of kicked off our like in digital. The proxy is effectively third party cookies, right? And Google uh, and DoubleClick were the backbone of that, basically, yeah. right? The DoubleClick cookie. So GDPR sort of uh, nipped that in the bud in terms of the use of data across uh, across the the sort of display ecosystem, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we've seen Apple come out with its privacy force policy, particularly around ITP on Safari, on 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 web based and and uh, mobile based uh, web uh, browsers. Mm-hmm. And obviously Firefox followed suit. And then I made a prediction uh, in the year that Google would go all in. Now, a lot of my friends uh, and colleagues work in this industry. Yeah. I have quite a lot of friends globally and they said, no, no, Google won't do this, Google won't do that. But the reality is Google has many facets as we've seen. It's a massive company yeah. and Chrome works independently of the ads team. So I said, look, I, I think Google cannot afford to lose market share to the likes of Safari and they're going to go all in on this and our industry needs to be prepared. Um, we've been saying it for a year, and I've been saying it to my friends, they're going to throw us under a bus. Yeah, yeah. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but you know, metaphorically, they will throw yeah, us under yeah. a bus. And it happened. Q1. I thought it'd be Q4. Yeah. I really did. I, I I honestly thought they'd wait a couple of quarters before they dropped the bomb. And yeah. sure enough, Q1 dropped it. Yeah. And it's it's pretty intense for, for the industry to take, the take stock of. That, yeah, no, absolutely. Because you think about it. I don't know how it worked to most agents groups, but what I was told is a lot of the Safari spend was pushed into Chrome. So everybody was hanging their hopes that Google won't do this. They won't do this. It's too important to them. Of course they're going to do it. I mean, they've got bigger plans for Chrome than just retargeting display. Mm. You know, it's part of their Stadia strategy around gaming. Like they, they, Google has a 10-year outlook as opposed to like, you know, quarterly by yeah, quarterly. Yeah. I know that they're a public company. But uh, yeah, I predicted that one. I said, I told you so. You know, but and so. even you were surprised when it, the, the, how I think putting the industry on notice and and like it's it's two years away, so we we've plenty of time on it. Um, and you know we're in the industry as well. We we expected it, although as you say, not quite as as suddenly as it came. And I listened to your podcast last week, and you made a, quite an interesting statement about 
uh, why they might have done this. So from the outside in, I was kind of, I was thinking, well, this is surely this is bad for their business, right? They're in the they're in the display business. It might not be a huge part of it, but it's a chunk of money for them. And you had a very interesting point, um, which was quite provocative. So do you want to just recapture what you're saying? What was there? The point? You think you might they might actually get out? You might they might actually get out of the yes. business completely. Oh yes, okay. So that's interesting. Uh, so the recent quarterly results that Google released and its uh, fiscal ni- uh, 2019 year when they broke up broke out YouTube revenue over the last three years was really interesting. But why now? Why would they do that now? I think what they're doing is <clears throat> they're showing the market that they're making revenue elsewhere than just the, the network display business they have, which is quite significant. So, But I think they're starting to, to, to maybe uh, prepare the market that they mm. may get out of this business. Now, there was a Wall Street Journal article yesterday or sort of the day before talking about um, the, the antitrust against Google and it's been investigating them in the U.S., and there was a reference in the article that there was informal conversations happening in Google about getting out of the ad tech right. platform business. Google doesn't have informal uh, yeah. conversations. You don't go down to an expensive canteen and have some like <laughs> you know fried chicken on a Friday and chat about this stuff. This was this is Google plotting out how yeah. do we signal to the antitrust guys that we are doing this to. To, to give the market a chance to... An olive, to an olive branch, an a peace offering, saying yeah. that we know what's going to happen so and to what, antitrust. What, what is, like, if you think about DV360, which which is the dominant DSP in the space, they could bin that tomorrow. And it wouldn't have any effect, really, on Google. Um, AdX as well, they could close it down. And I think they could close it down. And, and remember that AdX is just as affected by the um, Chrome action as the rest of the industry. Like, third-party mm-hmm. cookies become impossible. And if you think about programmatic, the open programmatic ecosystem, it's completely, it would be completely uh, affected by Google, uh, Chrome's actions. So AdX then becomes, uh, uh, maybe we don't need this after all. Mm. So YouTube for them is growing like a weed, right? It's where all the revenue is. And most of that revenue is kept, they have to pay out the part, some of them, the parent, but yeah. didn't, they, didn't, they didn't break out that revenue. So my feeling is Google's going to do something. It's, it's gonna it's gonna jump before it's pushed. Mm, yeah, I, I come to some kind of agreement with the antitrust guys. Now I love this. I from a be business good, point good of view, business, it'd be yeah. awesome, and I think it'd be good for the industry as well because yeah. I don't think Google because of the stranglehold Google has around the ad server, around sort of like the whole uh, ad tech ecosystem. They don't really need to innovate. You know what I mean? They bought mm. quite a lot of their uh, their um, ad tech stuff. You think about it. They bought yeah. DoubleClick, yeah. right? And then they bought the DSP themselves, built that in. Mm-hmm. And then they bought the uh, the SSP. So they they buy tech and then they, they incorporate it into one one sort of uh, system. Yeah. But they haven't innovated. I, I think it, it could be quite interesting if they leave. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying I've got out in the limb. I said I think they will. I think they will. And how do the Stein ratings work? Do you, you say I'm giving that three <laughs> Steins? Is that four Steins or? How, how? Well, I, I'm going to give that four Steins. Okay, I right, think right, that something will happen this year. I really do. Right, that's a that that's quite a that's quite a statement, and you heard it here first. So thanks for that. Yeah. Um, the industry, I think, for the last few years has talked quite a lot about programmatic, and you know, which I always felt was a little bit mad to a degree because context wasn't important, and wherever this user shows up, we'll buy that one. Quite often, when you're dealing with, with with a long tail of publishers. No one could tell you where that was. It was mm. kind of like, trust me, I'm a doctor. Um, I think with the news about cookies, context becomes more important, which mm. is good from publisher's point of view. Well, it's good for it's good for Facebook and yeah. Google as well. But it, it, there could be a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel for publishers. Do you want to just give me your views on that? So I'll unpack that a bit because there's quite a lot going on there. Uh, 
context was always important, but it mm. becomes even more important in in the new in the new pri- I'm, I'm calling it the new privacy first world, right? Because that's what it is, right? Mm. Uh, audience buying becomes more difficult. So let's let's just look step back from this. I think what Andrew Casale, who's the CEO of Index Exchange, which is a which is a very large SSP globally, and he's a very smart man. He did a presentation at his company's event, which I was invited to, talking about the anonymous web versus the authenticated web. Yeah. So I think this is where first party comes into play, right? So first party logged in data becomes even more important than ever was. That's what gives Facebook and Google its power, effectively, yeah. you know, the ability to be, to match emails, effectively hashed emails by having logged in data. It becomes even more important in the new programmatic world, Um because you're you're able to do ID matching, mm-hmm. and 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 that was uh, Andrew's point that that's going to be the gold standard in, in programmatic. Now the yeah. rest of the web that you can't track now because of ITP and all the rest of it will become context led, and I think that's where premium publishers will benefit massively because it'll it'll, it'll be a swing back to context. Yeah. But then that has problems for yourselves as holding groups and agencies. Measurement: How do you measure? Mm. How do you uh, attribute the last touch attribution or yeah. works well? Multi-touch yeah. goes out the window because you have no idea how, how it works in terms of like where this person saw the ad in the post view and all the mm-hmm. rest regarding the display goes out the window. So then that piece is difficult for you. But in a world where first party is king, right? Wall gardens will just will just grow everywhere. Spring up everywhere, yeah. And this goes back to you know the point uh, about the value of agencies and own groups. Marketers need that expertise to navigate all those different wall gardens because they can't bring everything in house to do that. Mm. Uh, and that's another consequence of this specific move by Google. In-housing will become harder. Just more tricky, yeah. Yeah, because if you think about it, programmatic enabled mass audience buyers. Yeah. As you say, yeah, yeah. trust me, I'm a doctor. Like I, I can imagine the conversations that The Guardian or the Irish Times have had with various mm-hmm. buyers in the programmatic agencies. Well, we're going to charge you X amount of money. So why do we need to buy that when we can buy that user for X amount on Absolutely, another pub- yeah, publisher, yeah. right? Commoditized price of everything. Exactly. It's a huge problem for, for publishers exactly. in this market. But it swings back to the publishers in that respect because they have more power now in terms of we've got context and we've got logged in data. So that's 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 amazing. But the Irish Times will be one wall garden and then there'll be you know a bunch of others in the Irish market as well. And it, how do you, as a marketer, navigate all that when you're... Your main goal is to kind of in, increase brand equity and increase sales. Yeah. Right. You don't have time to fucking figuring out APIs and interfaces and bloody develop an attribution system for this when when you've got to do a day job and keep your CEO happy or your your line manager happy yeah. about stuff. So that's why I think the agency or set or the service layer, if you will, will still have a place. Yeah. What happens to ad tech then becomes interesting because I think what you're going to see is a contraction on the amount of companies in the middle. Right, so the platforms become contracted. So, right, yeah. at the minute, if you think about a typical display uh, buy, you have a DSP and you have an SSP, mm. and you'll have a bunch of other tech point solutions in there. I really think in the new privacy first world, there's going to be sort of no need really for that. There's going to be one layer, maybe an activation layer. So you might have a live ramp. I don't know if your your listeners are aware of live ramp. They're, sure, some of them they, will know. Yeah. Well, they're sort of the great data on border. So they, they mm-hmm. will be the, the, the sort of the new privacy first sort of currency that will allow us to match users across across the program. Uh, log, uh, sorry, opted in users. So this mm. is privacy first. So that would be interesting. And then that ad tech layer becomes contracted. But then all the value then is on the edge, right? Yeah. It's like the publisher, which has the first party data. 
and the agency which has the know-how of how to mm-hmm. navigate this and build attribution models. So I think it's... The so value. it's good. It's good for holding companies. Oh, I think it's yeah. uh, well. I would say holding companies slash service layer, yeah, right? Because yeah, okay. you've got a lot of competition there. Yeah, definitely. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So there was a lot in there. I there's a lot. No, no, it's all good. Um, and I think so. When you talk about this proliferation of of wall gardens, and it's crazy. You couldn't have a system whereby I got to like log in everywhere, whereas the Irish Times and RT and things like that. Like, what, there's been interesting things happened in the UK about like the Ozone Project. Yeah. Um, do you think? That's a way forward for publishers here, like to, to combine forces and Absolutely. give them a little bit of scale against the Google yeah. or Facebook. I think that I'm not uh, aware of uh, the, the collaboration between publishers in Ireland, but like um, Ozone have hit the, the jackpot since mm. Chrome did this yeah. action because actually they're more relevant than ever. And, and I think they'll be helping publishers to figure out, one, how do I uh, segment first party data? Yeah. Uh, and then... The whole login thing. I think there's you. What you'll see is universal logins will become more commonplace. Yeah. The ability to kind of you identify a user. Uh, and by the way, that user would be opted in. This is not like uh, identifying a user against yeah. you know, without yeah, a proper yeah. opt-in. This is privacy first. Mm-hmm. But I will see you. You'll likely see this universal login piece, and that will become standard. And I think what will happen is the value then shifts back. The CPM is rise, and yeah. because that user is actually worth worth something. Right, so you don't have the downward pressure of an open market like inventory will not be infinite, audience will not be infinite. It would be mm-hmm. it would be concentrated. Um, but yeah, I do think you already see it in Germany. NetID is a good example where they're working with all the big German sales houses, uh, and that's quite an interesting sort of initiative. Um, there's a Portuguese collective which I don't know of off the top of my head, which is, has a universal logo. Right. But there's no reason why you couldn't get you know, all the big newspapers in Ireland, uh, maybe RT and a few of the premium publishers yeah. using one login. I think that would be a fantastic scale yeah. opportunity. And that would, as you say, from bad <laughs> contextual platforms yeah. like Facebook and Google, let's let's be honest, they yeah. don't have any content. Yeah. They just have user-generated yeah. content. Uh, and not, and not loads and rich, rich data on users, which Absolutely. is great for for Great, an great for buyers, but yeah. not great for brands. Yeah. Um, the problem will be, and I'm sure, I don't know how they fix this in the UK, because the problem is going to be when everyone comes to the table with their, uh, okay, here's what I'm putting in. And then you have to have some degree of transparency on what you're going to get. So an ad in the, the you know, the Irish Times is more valuable, say, than an ad in maybe the Independent, you know, that type of thing. And uh-huh. how do the publishers split the revenue up between them? And, and, and even, I mean, the market, even in print, you might, you might be trading at discounts in some newspapers at, you know, 75%, yeah. others... 50% yeah. and it's hard they just got to split the revenue I that's think, been tricky I think they probably need to split that business out I think I wouldn't get I, I just pro- the problem is a lot of the publishers started off discounting uh, mm. digital and now digital is, is the way to make money so almost yeah. like separate those two businesses out print still has value mm. but don't include it in the whole thing and then if you were going to build a, a collective it needs to be something that all of the publishers are equally invested in. So the thing about Ozone is that the Telegraph, the Guardian, uh, and Reach all own that specific yeah. uh, entity. So that that helps as well because that helps to build trust. If one if it was independent, it probably not independent company, but if it was an independent company, mm-hmm. it probably failed. So it needs to have the buy in from all this. But who knows? It could happen. Mm. But in the, in the short term. Uh, I think a lot of the publishers will see more value. And I'm, what yeah. I'm seeing as well is a lot more direct buys happening right now. Right, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, not more I.O. business happening, which 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 means uh, I think the ad network could be coming back. 
Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, and, and one of the things, obviously, then, because scale, like the media business, the company, holding company I work for, it was a scale business, right? You know, we the ability to pool our clients and leverage their spend and give better discounts all came with volume and scale and, and, and programmatic and digital kind of took that advantage away from holding companies. And I think, you know, if the, if the model changed, like it's still important, but if all I media went like mo- that. I think the model evolves as yeah. opposed to changes yeah. or goes back to where it was. So uh, I, one, yeah. of the, one of the things I talked about in that prediction piece was programmatic is everything the pie doctrine yeah the big big uh you know uh pork pie i use as the, as the image on the uh, post yeah. but the, i think what ha- what's happened in 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 programmatic it's almost kind of gone down a cul-de-sac in the sense that it, people had this thing in their head it was retargeting it was retargeting yeah. display it was the criteria of the world it was that type of thing but really if you think about programmatic it's data driven it's the ability to kind of connect into different channels mm-hmm. and use data to to purchase audience and to build attribution so when i think about you know exciting things in, in programmatic would be like the likes of connected tv or the out of home space out of home is, is is a fantastic branding platform but it it's kind of becoming more digitized and the ability to kind of like for us particularly for some of your your clients mm, are saying yeah. look i love out of home it's a great medium yeah. but how do we get more measurability how do, how do we track it against footfall in stores and and, and 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 stuff like that so there's that's the exciting part about yeah. programmatic and i think that's where it evolves right mm-hmm. i don't think it goes away it just no. evolves and because your your predictions your big bets where, where else do you see the industry going like what do you see is the big trends happening maybe for this year or even for the next you know two to three years what are your bets in terms of a, a, a direction of travel for the industry I mean all the stuff that I kind of went over there previously I mean the, the wall garden piece uh, yeah. first like first party first party day, day is going to become huge massive huge and I think that you, I don't think people realize there's still hope. I would call it hope. Some kind of thinking within the industry that we can we can sort of solve this problem. Mm. Like, so the the transparent consent framework, which is interesting, which is basically was basically pa- uh, passing consent those pop up boxes you see yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Do you accept or? Yeah, yeah. Which everyone accept just it? accepts it all and yeah. just gets on with it. Yeah. Well, the whole idea behind that was you consent, and that consent string is then sent to a buyer saying this person, random person, we don't know, yeah. the cookie has accepted advertising this page, please, please show an ad here. But the ability to do that over third, to share that third party data becomes negated because of ITP. Mm, yeah. And Chrome sort of acting against third party cookies. So the logged in data is going to come even more yeah. important than it was before. I think what, what, what happened over the last 10 years is that, that the user was left out of this conversation. Yeah. Right. And now we have a situation where the user's back in. They've got control over their privacy to an extent. They can decide whether or not they they opt into this specific thing. But it also gives sort of the publisher a a renewed role in this because they have the relationship with the users. It's their their users. And I think that that would be one of the more interesting things happening in the next couple of years is how that relationship develops with um, the user. So obviously Mm -hmm. a lot of the newspapers are, are pushing uh, subscription-based uh, yeah. models, which has worked well for the Irish Times. I'm subscribing myself. Yeah. And I also subscribe to the, the Business Post, by the way, fantastic paper as well. So two Irish papers. Very good. Uh, and, and the FT and the Wall Street Journal, usual. But um, but that that's going to be an interesting model. But at the back of that, you've got logged in data for, for access to content. Now, GDPR is a bit weird because... You know, you're not supposed to force anybody to log in to access mm. content. But that, that's no, a load of nonsense because that's like me opening a sweet store and being told you can sell your sweets, but you have to sell them for free. 
It's nonsense. <laughs> and I think that once that's challenged in court, I think you're going to get more login. Right, yeah. But then that'll be that trade-off, right? Great content, if you, but you know what you're getting. We're allowed to serve targeted mm-hmm. ad stores. Yeah. And that was the whole Facebook argument as well. Yeah. Um, I think that there'll be some really exciting stuff around uh, the connected TV space. Um, so it'll be, you know, the Roku's of the world. Yeah. You've seen kind of uh, spin up. I think there's going to be more innovation right now. I haven't really, we haven't really seen that kind of go- thing going mm-hmm. yet. Um, and I, I'm quite excited as well about um, these utility publishers. Like, so, so these apps or these uh, companies that have tons of first party data, but haven't really done anything interesting with it. So the Gojeks, the world and stuff like that, building out sort of ad models or mm-hmm. marketing models around that. So, that's quite interesting. And I, I think we're, we're, we're just, we're going to see a lot of innovation. Yeah. Um, interesting times for sure. Uh, something that come up a few times differently when we, when we talked about this is you, you talked about Google getting out the ad tech business, maybe on the back of an olive branch before talk about antitrust. It's a big debate on the US um, presidential campaign trail. Elizabeth Warren's talking about breaking up these monopolies. Do you think, like, is, is this all just to, trying to win some votes? Is it likely to happen? I know there's, precedents that happened to you know Microsoft years ago was a, lost the case and they were supposed to be broken up do you think it's likely to happen is it just ad industry giving out about something that they don't like is it really a likely thing to happen um so I, I think there'll be there will be some moves from certain companies I, I what would Google be forced to break up the company I, I don't think so I think there's certain assets they want mm-hmm. to hold on to and there's certain assets they could probably they could probably divest of yeah um I think it's harder for um, a lot. I think it's going to be harder for a lot of these companies to keep the, the, the stranglehold over the market because what'll happen now is you know a new company pops up. Mm-hmm. Remember the social, like Facebook, a good example, right? Yeah. Social is kind of like this evolving beast, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like there was uh, Friendster and then there was Facebook and then Facebook bought Instagram, right? And and they bought WhatsApp. Yeah. But TikTok have just arrived. Yeah. Byte have arrived, and there's a whole new plethora of yeah, platforms yeah. out there. It would be harder for Facebook to acquire a new company to stay on top, yeah. and I think that's what's going to happen. Right, yeah, and they'll yeah. be they'll be hemmed in by legislation, particularly around data. I'm 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 quite interested in how Chrome affects uh, Facebook. So there was an article yesterday about um, Facebook stopping using uh, are going to stop using uh, third party data in Fan for web based clients. Yeah, uh, I wonder what will happen if IDFA comes in and how that would affect their 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 network business. So. You know, all the privacy stuff, all the, all the sort of uh, antitrust stuff is going to have an effect on these companies. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Amazon is a great example. They keep making money. Will they be forced to spin out a company? Will Jeff Bezos, and I'm just basically regurgitating what Jeff Galloway would say because he's always on about this, would AWS be spun as a separate company and it could be massively successful? Right, yeah, yeah. So you might see this sort of olive branch yeah, piece yeah. rather than, I'm going to break you up. Yeah, yeah. They, make, because, they see you coming and, and you know. Because the, the current antitrust laws don't uh, cover this type of thing. So remember, yeah. it's supposed to cover off users not having a great service. Can we actually say that Google is not a good service? No, free email, no, no. free maps. Yeah. No, it's you know great. I mean? yeah. From a user, user point of well. view, it's great. That's what I'm saying. Is it, is it ad people just wishful thinking? Yeah, um, but around the data piece, that's where that's where they can get hurt because that's where it start, gets tricky, right? Mm-hmm. Like, let's just say that Facebook can't do what they've been doing for for ages in terms of how they use data, right? Um, that could affect their business. That could mm-hmm. affect, and it could slow down revenue. As we were chatting before the podcast about why is Facebook's revenue still growing? Because yeah. and and users, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so so I I think that you you will see something, but it won't be I'm breaking you up type of thing. Yeah. It'll be okay. like 
I think what happens, the the attorney generals are investigating Google yeah. on anti-competitive behavior. So probably what will happen is someone will come to the table and say, look, we get what you're saying. What can we do to make, to the, make this go away? We'll do this, this, and this. Right. And that was my point about ad tech. Yeah, yeah. Would they sacrifice that yeah. just to, to get out of it? Yeah, just to get out of it. Um, so we'll chat a little bit about you for a minute. Uh, you, do you want to just talk about your what you're doing? Uh, yeah. How you got into the business? How, yeah. you, how you found yourself in London yeah. and running a pretty successful well, business, it's fair I'm, to say. I'm originally from Cartwright Cross, which which you didn't know, it's it's actually the home of ad tech. Oh. Yeah, it's actually <laughs> a fact. I mean, my, my, me and my, uh, my good friend Shane Shevlin, who's, 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 uh, he works with Ipen Web, who are a really big player in, in the ad tech space, are from Cartwright Cross. Right. And if you extrapolate out the population, we actually have more people work for us per than in New York. Yeah. Ooh, that's unreal. That's, that's math and data science, you know. So you were, you were destined for this? Yeah, this. yeah, it was always in the genes. Yeah. Very good. Um, I, 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 was in, I, I went to London about 13 years ago and I've been involved in digital, like, I was a programmer and I did like sort of consultancy work for various clients around uh, Ireland and England over the years. And I went to London, I, I was with a company called Chinwag to start with. Um, and we were building out like a, we had a sales business selling uh, banner advertising and, and various digital products. Yeah. And while I was there, I started a blog covering off programmatic because there's some really exciting stuff going on with the Right Media Exchange mm -hmm. and how I thought that would change the entire business over a 10 year period. And it kind of just snowballed in the sense that I had calls from from like ad tech vendors wanting to sponsor the event or sponsor the, the website to start yeah. with. And then we did an event with London. Our right. first ATS event was in London in 2009, I think. Jesus, a long time ago. Mm. And we sold out twice and we had to move the venue twice and it was just chaos. And then from there we did Paris and Singapore and it's just kind of- Just uh, grown and grown. Just grown and grown. And Exchange was just one of our- one of our brands within the Wirecorp company. So Wirecorp's a holding group and we are, we are a B2B business. So um, exchange were sort of like embedded in the marketing ad advertising technology space, but we also have two other, other publications called DTC daily, which covers like direct to consumer brands. Yeah. We cover off thousands of brands and we have a daily newsletter and it's gone, it's been very successful. We have an event in London in July. And then we've got uh, the gaming economy, which is basically the FT for gaming, so mm -hmm. covering off the business aspect of it again, very much they're all it's 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 your sort of typical digital B two B business. So yeah. we've been going ten years, got ten people, uh, smallish company, but we're growing. So and APAC is is a big focus for us because right. it's, it's a it's a really interesting market. Um, you know, our Singapore event is coming up in in June. It's a fun place to work because the, the industries we cover are just so dynamic and changing yeah. all the time. Particularly, like you know, with the with with all this Chrome stuff, there's more problems to solve. And we try, like we we wouldn't be your 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 typical news site. We'd be analyst driven. So you know, right. we, do, we do a lot of whiteboard sessions. Mm -hmm. And if anybody has has a time lunch time or breakfast or whatever. Uh, we do like lots of sort of uh, deep dives in the whiteboard. So, right. and we explain out, you know, the ID stuff or how an SSP works or how a DSP works. And it's very, very interesting. Right. And I mean, obviously you're looking for a digital job. It's a good way to kind of, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, use it as, a, as an education tool. Um, and we obviously, we have our own podcast, which is fun as well. We do it every week. We cover, cover off a couple big of fan. stories. I'm a yeah. big fan of it. Yeah. It's, it's quite, it's not as ranty as today. Um, no, but, I had uh, to put, I swear to say, I had to put the reins on. I had to give Kieran on a bit of a, I'm uh, muzzled. Kind of yeah. Some, some guide rails here and yeah. say, let's not go, let's not go there. Yeah. Um, because I know better. I know better. Uh, no. So we, we have a but free. This is the Irish, the Irish Times, you know, this is fine publication. Exactly. So we have to be careful what we say sometimes. Uh, how's business going with you, anyways? It, um, you? It's going great. Um, we 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 um, we have um, 
five events in Europe. So we our first one is in, in next week or the week after in Stockholm, uh, which covers off the Nordic market. And we've got Paris, Madrid, London, and then we've got um, we've got an event in uh, in Asia, which is our Singapore event, which is huge. Um, and then we've we've got a bunch of events that we are doing with the, the gaming economy and DTC. So right. business is good. Um, it, it's interesting, you know. Um, your typical sort of uh, the typical sort of programmatic companies are, are, are sort of like reposition themselves, so they all need to kind of talk about what they're doing. Like, so yeah. you know, I, if I was an SSP now, I wouldn't call myself an SSP. I call myself you know an activation layer or a right. data layer. Yeah. So um, yeah, so it, it's it's interesting trying to figure this stuff out. It's uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. Great. And um, just if anyone wants to find out a bit more about you, where can they find out? Where can they go? Just go to LinkedIn. Or go, or, or go to exchangewire.com, which is our it's a, which our site that covers this industry. So yeah, brilliant. Okay, we are out of time. Um, Kira is signaling to tell me that we're out of time. So great big job, thanks, Kira. Uh, thanks for coming in. Thank you very much. Um, and it it's been honor. great talking to you. It's uh, both before and during the podcast. So thanks a million, <laughs> and thanks to our partners in the Irish Science Media Solutions, and thanks to Kira and Andrea on sound. So until next week, bye bye. This is Inside Marketing, brought to you by Dentsu Aegis Network and Irish Times Media Solutions.